You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right off the bat, we're going to have a quick ad break here. I want to uh, give a thanks to Blue Chew. They're one of our three sponsors. It's great. We're oversold. That's great news for this podcast. BlueChew.com. You're going to go over there. You're going to use the promo code MLB, and you can try the little blue pill that, uh, since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker. It has the same active ingredients as the names you are more familiar with. And I can tell it's successful because they've sponsored our show all year. Their ads are, I see it random places on the internet. Um, I'm sure I talk about it enough on here. Somehow that is tied into uh, such things. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's clearly a product that works. And because of that, uh, I can't recommend enough. Go over to bluechew.com, use that promo code MLB. You got to pay the five bucks for shipping, but the product is free. Okay, so if you are like me and you've been watching the Browns game, it's uh, let's talk about something more fun. Uh, well, let's start off. Baseball America released their top New York Penn League prospects. Three Indians made that list. Um, George Valera, Ethan Hankins, and Brian Grocchio. It These lists always drive me a little mad um, because it's it, they're hearsay. I mean, they, they, they're very clearly one of those things that it's what they hear from others. Um, we've seen that often over the years with kind of how they have... Um, done these lists. It's always more about what managers and other teams say. Um, and then it has one of my other things that kind of drives me mad. It's like George Valera. They're like, he's more hit over power, even though everything he does statistically is the opposite of that. Uh, statistically, this year, George Valera was power with questionable hit tool. Um, you know, and they're like, oh, 60 hit, possibly 60 power. I'm like, no, 60 power, possibly 55 hit. I, Yes, he's very young, but you're looking at a swing versus what we've actually seen in terms of production and what he's able to do with that swing, his ability to judge the zone. The high walk rate is a positive sign. Um, you know, I saw the same thing on Greg Jones, who Tampa drafted, and they talked about his problems with strikeouts. And you know, if you read my draft coverage, one of the reasons I was very, very high on Greg Jones was he made a massive turnaround in that area. And, you know, there's Baseball America is a fantastic site. Fangraphs is a fantastic site. But you go over to Fangraphs leading up to the draft, and they're way lower on Jones up until someone probably said something, and he jumped up. It's the same thing with Nick Gonzalez, who was like a second or third round pick, and all of a sudden he's now a first rounder. Um, It's hard. It's really hard when you're a two-man operation. I know because I'm a one-man operation. When you're Baseball America, though, and Fangraphs, you have more connections. And sometimes I wonder if that becomes a hindrance, because I know when I hear from organizations, I start to to doubt my views. I start to go, well, I'm wrong. Why am I wrong here? Why, what do they see I don't see? And, you know, you have organizations and people in organizations you trust more than others. That's just the way of it. Um, but what's been interesting, I'd say, over the last three years is I've trusted myself more and trusted those sources of information less. Um, I don't rely on my major league contacts anywhere near as much as I used to. Um, you know, near the draft, I might solicit what people are hearing. Uh, I shouldn't because that always uh, leads me down a wrong path in my mocks. Um, Very rarely does it end up with good information. But yeah, it's. uh, I think sometimes you're better off just being your own person when it comes to stuff and trusting what you see, trusting the numerical performance, trusting uh, what you see in person or in clips. And uh, that's just kind of my my little thing off the start. You know, I'm 
I run things my own way. I don't like to judge guys until they've been above rookie ball. And even though we're going to talk about Arizona here in a second, that's one of the things. It's just because it's all about maximizing um, talent and figuring out the best way to judge. And Arizona, it's impossible to judge performance or anything because of the level of competition. It's, I don't know, it's like uh, high-level high school teams. I mean, what are you really getting from that? Um, Not much. So, yeah, that that's just kind of one of those things. They'll continue to expand. I mean, Baseball America has, has been the name for a long time. Um, they're always getting raided by MLB teams. There's a lot of Carlos uh, Colazzo has been uh, super nice, a great dude to me over the years. Um, haven't really talked to Ben Bather, who I think's in charge too much, but J.J. Manuel, Jim Callis, uh, Hudson, um, but they were all fantastic, and I have nothing but uh, amazing words for that uh, that place and what they do. Uh, it's it's a great place. It's just uh, personal pet peeves showing, I guess, with some stuff. But again, uh, it, it's awesome. If you are someone who likes prospect stuff, subscribe. Uh, go to Baseball America. Go to Fangraphs. Go to MLB.com. Go everywhere. You know, go and subscribe to Twenty Four Seven Sports. I would appreciate that as well. But I also understand um, if you have limited funds, we're probably not your best bet. Um, I probably shouldn't say that. But in all honesty, in terms of depth of coverage and amount of coverage, um, you know, Baseball America is the best bargain out there. Uh, I mean, I think PG has probably some of my favorite writers in the world right now, but it's more expensive. So is 24-7 where I work. So in terms of cost-benefit analysis, um, I'm selling you Baseball America right now, unsolicited. So I, that's I just just my way of saying, while I said some things at the start, I don't want anyone to then run over there and tell them I'm talking crap. I'm just talking about some things in my held belief, but still saying, go buy Baseball America. It's worth it. So let's talk about Arizona. So I mentioned on yesterday's show, the Indians have four Arizona teams as recently as Last year, they had three, and as recently as 2017, they only had two. And if you go back 10 years, they had one. Uh, Before that, they were actually in Burlington. It it kind of made me smile to see Burlington Indians, just because as a kid growing up, when I went and looked in the Akron Beacon Journal, uh, Sunday edition for stats, which was always a big rite of passage for me. Every weekend, I would cut out the stats section, um, harbinger of things to come, I guess. Uh, I would cut out the Major League stats, and then I would find it was always a little square in the corner of a page uh, not far from the Major League stats that had the Indian-specific minor league stats, and they were far from complete. It was typically at each level, like five hitters, five pitchers. But you know, that's how I first discovered guys. That's when I first started uh, di- di- digging deep on the minors. Eventually, I would start going to uh, Canton Akron games back at Thurman Munson as a kid, and I would, you know, I, I one of my favorite things was getting the uh, the game, not the game plan. Why do I struggle with the uh, with the word program, uh, you might be like, how often does it come up? Well, I've always talked about with people how someday I'm going to sell my game to the World Series program to some desperate Cubs fan. Because, uh, you know, they won the World Series that year. Cubs fans uh, are a bit uh, uh, diehard, to say the least. And that is the first game they won. It was their first World Series victory in a while, and it eventually led to the overall World Series. So the fact that I have the stub and uh, program from that game, uh, I joke, is going to lead to my retirement fund. But that is why program comes up, and for some reason it's a block that I cannot get through. Vivid Seats are the official sponsor of all the MLB podcasts for the postseason. 
So if you download the app uh, for Vivid Seats and use Postseason, you are going to save up to $100 on your ticket purchases. They have a program, a rewards and loyalty program. The more you spend, the more you save. So they're the only uh, place you can go out there and buy tickets that is going to offer a rewards program that I have ever heard of. So this is your chance to, every time you spend money, you'll be banking something for the future. Uh, Vivid Seats isn't just sports, it's anything. So if you want to go see a concert right now, if you're a Cleveland fan and sure the Indians aren't in it, and the Browns, as we've discussed, are a little disappointing. And the Cavs seats are pretty easy to come by. Maybe there's a concert coming to town. Maybe there's something you want to see. Hop over to Vivid Seats and check it out. See what is available for you. Remember, you're going to download that app. Use the promo code POSTSEASON. That shows them that you're supporting the MLB side of things. And we very much appreciate it. Vivid Seats app, POSTSEASON. Uh, Postmates. These, it's kind of, they are right up there with Blue Chew in terms of the people we love that have offered us so much support over the years. Postmates brings things to you. They make your life easier by bringing you what you want when you want it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you want to get fast food, they bring it. If you're not feeling well and you need something from the pharmacy, they bring it. If you do not want to go get your uh, groceries, they bring it. So Postmates, they just make life easier. And of course, with just like anyone else on here, we have a deal set up with Postmates. So you're going to want to download that app for for Postmates, you're going to use the promo code Locked On, and in your first 100 days, you get $100 of free delivery. So go wild. Use the app. Use that promo code Locked On. $100 in free delivery. So you're getting things brought to your door for nothing. Uh, you still, you know, you pay for the items, but it's coming to your door. It's saving you time. I have a kid. I know how much it, it's how nice it is to be able to save a trip to the store, especially after you've worked a long day. Postmates app. Promo code Locked On. Do yourself a favor and do that. So get back to Arizona. I started to wax uh, poetic about seeing Burlington and my childhood in there. Uh, so let's just go through this. Uh, we'll start with what I believe to be Arizona 1. So there's some names in here, though this does not feel updated to me. But I guess it is. Raymond Burgos, uh, that's because a lot of guys uh, started out there. Raymond Burgos had 12 starts over 8 games. We talked about him throughout the season. Uh, pretty good performance. Matthew Turner, another guy who we talked about. Liam Jenkins. Kellen Roll, the lefty specialist. I mean, he was on fire down there, which is not surprising. Yeah, this is last year's stats, and I'll tell you how I know that uh, this is not updated, is that we have Tajne Thomas down there, who uh, was traded to the Pirates this year. So even though this says 2019 pitching statistics, um, that is not the case. So hold on one second here. So I'm just going to apologize. It appears the Indians do still just have two Arizona League teams, Arizona Red, Arizona Blue. But as I was going through statistics, I'm so used to Arizona 1 and Arizona 2, which, well, I so you... Okay, so there was Arizona and the Dominican Indians until 2017. Last year, they had Arizona 1 and Arizona 2. I had that in my mind, and Arizona 1 and Arizona 2 became Arizona Red and Arizona Blue this year. So the Indians have two affiliates instead of four, but still, at the same time, uh, in terms of Arizona teams, they have only had two affiliates now for two years. That's still a pretty big growth for them. Um, they've pulled back of the Dominican Indians, which, you know, makes sense. It's it's not right in your backyard. It's a lot harder to run a team like that. So mistakes all around on my part, not on yours. So when we go down and look at Arizona Blue, for instance, you know, Jose uh, Tino was a, a pretty big name signing for them. You go down, Victor Nova was a player they got in the trade for with uh Trevor Bauer, undersized guy, but still he walks a lot. Uh, Will Brennan, I've talked about the 
two-way player. Aaron uh, Brocchio talked about him as a hitter. If he had stayed healthy, you know, he's kind of one of those guys who was known more for his hit tool. And I mean, he was as an 18-year-old. He in 30 games, he lit up the level. Um, Pedro Alfonseco down there. Uh, and some other guys just getting some reps. Not a whole lot of names that stood out offensively to me. And then when you look at the pitching side of things, uh, name-wise, you're just kind of going through and you're pulling out. See, if someone's already in their 20s, that's really not a good sign for their future. Um, that's just the truth of the matter, unless it's someone like Jared um, Jenkins, who was someone they drafted this year. Uh, then you can kind of see where they're making rehab starts. Hunter Gaddis was very good down there, someone we talked about on last night's show. So, you know, just kind of another name to keep in mind. Um, just in terms of overall performance, you're going to look at guys like uh, like Gaddis, who stood out uh, over on Arizona Red. This had a lot of high picks in it. Uh, yeah, Yanner Diaz, not a high pick, but a guy who ended up spending a lot of time in uh, Mahoning Valley as a backup catcher. Will Bartlett was a day two pick. Uh, first baseman, possibly catcher. He held his own, but wasn't didn't particularly stand out. Joe Naranjo was a big money guy out of California. Kind of reminded me of Ulysses Cantu. Hopefully he can be a little bit more than that. But he struggled, to be honest, in his time down there. And he will likely start next year again at that level. And in limited opportunities, um, I mean, they paid in... 46 and 43 games. Christian Cairo and Yordis Valdez, who I had serious worries about when they uh, drafted those two players because they had almost no hit ability at all from what I had seen. They were very weak in that department. Uh, both struggled to hit their weight. 180 uh, really showed nothing offensively. I mean, they were young, thin players with all uh, all defense, no hit. And, and Jordan Brown, the other young middle infielder they drafted also. I mean, he was the one who was supposed to have some ability, and he was arguably the worst of the three. So those three guys really struggled down there. Um, all big money guys uh, for the Indians. That's that's not your ideal uh, in terms of what we saw in the pitching performance. Again, yeah, Brock Hart's Hurston at the age of 25. Well, you know, 25. Man, I was a big Francisco Perez guy a few years ago. He's only 21 years of age. He had uh, over 18 innings, he was going to be dominant. Uh, we'll see if he gets an opportunity, maybe move quickly as a reliever now that he's fully healthy. The rest of the pitching staff, though, it's not a lot of guys that stand out. Daniel Espino did really well down there over 13 innings. You know, he just didn't pitch a lot. You just keep going down. There was not even the guys they drafted. Most of them kind of went up a level and did not start out down here at this level for the Indians. So, Arizona. Again, it's kind of like the best of the best high school. That's really where it is, with occasional major leaguers doing rehab starts. Who are the top five prospects across both teams is the question. Going top ten is, is a foolhardy task for me. Let's put it that way. So we're going to maybe look top five, maybe top seven. So it turns out I was able to get ten together. Uh, if you're curious, I did pause and just kind of spend some time debating, going through numbers and statistics. So this isn't just top of my head. Top of this is really hard. There's a clear top two. Um, I will say Hunter Gaddis was eliminated since I used him on the previous list, and I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Espino just because I know him better, um, and he has been healthier so far. And 
while it was limited, he was the dominating pitcher we thought he would be. I still think he's likely a reliever, um, but he could be a Karen Chalk type of reliever. Like, you're talking elite, elite end reliever. The guy I was debating him with was Aaron uh, Brachio, who, if he had been healthy, would probably already be in lower high A. Uh, just phenomenal hitter. Uh, even when he got up to Mahoning Valley and had some limited reps and the average was down, he still walked at such a high percentage. Walked more than he struck out in Arizona this year. Had a little bit of pop. Um, uh, helium guy for next year. Keep your eye on him. Three, I put Jose Tina. He performed well down there. Uh, another big uh, money guy, about 400000 I believe, when they signed him out of... Uh, well, when they signed him. Let's just put it that way, because I did not write what they signed him out of. Uh, his performance was better than the other young shortstops in system, so he gets the bump here. Will Bartlett, the first baseman, uh, not as big of a name as some of the other high school kids they drafted, but he held his own. That stands out. Uh, Victor Nova, who they got in the trade of San Diego, uh, one of those pieces. They obviously liked him enough to go out and acquire him, and at the same time, he still continued to walk a lot, show a little bit of pop. Interesting lottery ticket type. And again, um, I value performance, and this is not a high-level performance league. So it's almost like you can't help yourself too much, but you can certainly hurt yourself, in my view of you, if the performance isn't there. So I realize I kind of changed mine on the fly, so I want to make sure I said this correctly. Spina 1, Brachio 2, Tina 3, Bartlett 4, Nova 5. Okay. So this is where it gets fun, because now I have Valdez, Yordis Valdez, the shortstop. Um, I just can't ignore production that's that's that low. Yes, he is the best of that group of three shortstops. Yes, he was the highest draft pick. I gave him a lot of money, but there's there's a lot of reasons to wonder. I mean, the Indians' um, history of second-round picks is uh, about as terrible as it gets, so we'll see how it goes, but... Uh, yeah, uh, Valdez, is, uh, he struggled massively against mostly other high school or players of similar age from uh, the Latin American countries. Seven, Joe Naranjo. Um, he was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. Didn't really do anything to stand out. Didn't hit for power. Struck out too much. Walked an okay amount. Didn't hit for a high enough average. Um, he, but he wasn't awful. Um there, there's some tools to like. It's a low ceiling, um, but I don't want to say low floor because the problem is when you're a first base only prospect with a low ceiling, your floor is actually very low because you have to perform to even get a shot at that point. Um, seven. I will go Miguel Cairo. I mean, Bloodlines. Uh, also pretty awful, but hey, Bloodlines and um, Bloodlines. Maybe he turns it around. Uh, eight, I'm going with Kevin Kelly. Uh, maybe a surprise pick on here. He was a 20th rounder this past year out of James Madison. So a small school guy who just went out there and across multiple levels. Uh, he's 21 years of age, side note. Be 22 this November. He was really good in Arizona. Uh, strikeout rate over 13 and a walk rate under 1. Uh, he did give up some hits, so it's something to, to watch. But just in terms of, he's more the guy like, oh, I'm intrigued to see what he does. It was only 21 innings. Arizona's always short on innings. But the Indians have drafted a lot of guys over the years from James Madison. That's clearly a program they scout from the, uh, the lower ranks. But uh, his performance put him on the list. And we'll end with Jordan Brown, who's very toolsy. Uh, but very raw. Just another one of those recent draft picks. 
and shortstops from uh, the 2019 draft who really struggled um, post-draft. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, the numbers are up again this month. We had a little backtrack in August, so it's nice to see some continued growth as we move into, or I'm sorry, we had a backtrack in September, which I'm mostly going to blame on the Indians uh, falling apart and people not wanting to hear about the Indians um, because of frustration. But the numbers are picking back up now into October. So thank you again for listening. And as always, go Tribe.